CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Aiden Doyle. He is uh, the CEO of Cinderella Value Target Zones. Aiden, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Michael, for having me. We finally made it after all these aborted attempts. I'm looking forward to the interview. All right, Aiden, give us some background of what Cinderella Target Zones does, what you do in the Opportunity Zone field, and also, don't forget the symbol on, on your company. Okay, so so as we speak, there are probably a few hundred Opportunity Zone funds in, out there in the, in the Americas, but uniquely, Cinderella Target Value Zone, or CTVZ, is the only publicly traded one, period. So simply put, we do much the same thing as any other OZ fund would do, but we do it with a great degree of transparency, disclosure, and regulation. So we're basically, if you like, we like to say we're he we're ahead of the curve in, in terms of upcoming regulation and oversight of this industry because we designed our business model that way. Now, there are some people watching the show that are not familiar with what opportunity zones are. We can get technical with each other because we both work in this field, but break it down to the, the, the general audience, what an opportunity zone does and why they are so in demand and valuable at this point in time? All right, so the simple answer to that question is the Opportunity Zone program was brought into effect 2016 as a, as a, uh, as a segment of the Jobs Act. The simple logic and rationale and idea behind it is the Treasury are trying to influence uh, investors to, to allocate and deploy investments into quote-unquote underserved and underprivileged communities hence the word opportunity zones. Now the benefit that, that the investor derives comes in the forms of tax deferrals and in some cases completely negates their tax liability. Uh, it's a complicated uh, formula and I won't bore the viewers and listeners with it, but the simple idea is if you invest in a designated qualified opportunity zone of which there are close to 8,700 as we speak, you will A, negate your tax, uh, your capital gains tax liability for many years to come, and B, if you hold it to term, you will actually be forgiven said tax liability. So the, the simple answer is the longer you're in there, the more tax breaks and benefits you'll get. Right. Now, from my understanding, you could sell anything you want, whether it's art or horses or cars or stocks, put it into an opportunity zone. And if it sits there for 10 years or more, then you really have been able to not not pay the capital gains on the original sale and then defer, if not eliminate the taxes. Do I have that correct? You do have that correct. As well said, you probably explained it better than I did. So simply put, if it qualifies to be taxed under capital gains tax by the IRS, as we speak, then that said liability can be rolled, or, excuse me, deferred by investing into a qualified opportunity zone fund within, I believe it's 180 days from the sale of said asset. So basically, if you sell something and make some capital gains tax, as long as you get said 
income or proceeds into a qualified fund within six months you're going to you're going to defer and roll up and roll over the tax liability that you would have normally been had, had to find the following year now your your company cinderella value target zones are you yeah. targeting any um uh, particular markets meaning you're yeah. going after urban properties you're going after new york only or are you kind of agnostic well we're certainly not agnostic and i'll explain why by giving you some backstory to the to the way that the opportunity zone funds have, have uh, rolled out so far so as you can imagine in, in investments of this nature a great deal of the uh, a great deal of the attention is is focused on real estate in other words as we speak i would say that of the two or three hundred fund managers that are out there i think about eighty percent of them concentrate on real estate but quite quite frankly if you read the legislation and you need an hour or two to do so you'll see that the intention of the uh, of the statute is to foster and develop business and economic growth and that comes in in a lots of different flavors not just real estate so the short answer is there's plenty of real estate brokers developers and fund managers out there that are looking to increase their holdings in opportunity zones we that cinderella target value zones are actually more inclined and or more targeting private equity in other words we want to fund the grassroots businesses in these communities some of that investment will naturally come in the form of real estate but a lot of it will come in the form of um of uh, equity know-how plant and equipment and you know the various business assets that it takes to get up and running and, and make it profitable business model and concern so you really have taken the private equity traditional private equity investment and put a, a an extra uh, if you will tangent to it to be able yes. to create yeah. more business um, in a faster fashion because right now from my understanding these private equity funds are just clamoring all over themselves to place the money as quickly as possible but mostly you're right you i do hear about real estate being the primary target but you're saying you're investing in businesses through opportunity zones yes here's the here are the here, I, once again i don't want to bother your viewers and listeners with, with uh, numbers and stats but the simple the simple requirement for a fund manager to deploy uh, in client assets and qualify for all the tax breaks is you must invest 90 percent of the fund into qualified opportunity zones however within that 90 percent you're given a very broad range of in what areas and asset classes you can look at and you can be involved in in no, nowhere does it say it must be real estate and nowhere does it say you must have a split between real estate private equity plant and equipment um fisheries housing etc so it's really at the discretion of the money manager within the qualified opportunity zones themselves within those, those geographical locales what he thinks is worth his investors money and where he wants to deploy so yes we've got a hybrid model of private equity slash opportunity zone and we we think we've got a winning formula because we're providing managers we're providing we're providing fund of fund potential because we have a great deal of compliance and regulatory oversight built into our model from day one how do they invest with you do they buy the stock in cinderella value target zones or do they do like a pipe they'll uh, they'll put actual okay, so, cash into uh, the account all right so that's a good question and, and once again to clarify within the program itself within the oz program 
one of the absolute must-have requirements is it has to be an equity deal. In other words, you can't lend money to, into an area that's an OZ zone if it's debt and if it's service as debt. You have to, quote-unquote, have skin in the game and be, a, be an owner of, and have an equity participation in the business. So, to answer your question, it's the way our model sets up two ways. We are a publicly traded company, which means if you look at the stock symbol CTVZ, you will see a stock price. However, as you can imagine, the whole idea behind the OZ program itself is to spur and, and uh, encourage long-term investment into these underprivileged communities. So there is a little bit of a paradox between owning the free trading stock, which by very nature is liquid, and and being in the long haul in these zones, which gets you the major tax deferral bang for your buck. So we actually have two classes of security, which behave very similarly, uh, i.e. we have the free trading stock, which you can buy from Charles Schwab or Ameritrade or any discount broker right now without without any opportunity zone involvement. And we also raised or in, are still raising $500 million in the, in, the, in the form of a private placement, which lends itself to the very illiquidity that the IRS are looking for in the long-term play that most clients would settle for in the first place. The good news is, whilst the private, whilst the uh, private placement stock or the accredited investor stock isn't publicly traded, it's the same animal as the free trading stock. So there is a parity in terms of its stock price. In other words, it correlates to the publicly traded stock you see in the market. Now, from the investor point of view, that's beautiful because he gets an indication on a daily basis of how well A, his investment performing and B, the company is performing in general. So we think we've, we think we've got a very good model here and we're encouraging um, solicitations from both fund managers, investors and or project managers looking for, looking for capital. Brilliant. You have really broken the envelope here with this one. All right. Now, I want to invite you to come back onto the show on a regular basis so you can talk about the pockets of opportunity that you're seeing throughout your Opportunity Zone placement of funds. Would you be able to do that? I would be happy to, Michael. Great. All right. Aiden, thanks for being a guest on today's show. I'm so happy that you were here today, and I look forward to our next interview. Super. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and don't forget to download our new app on iOS and Android. CEO Money is where you look for. We'll talk to you soon.